Chala Perik Dalid Mishnah Dalid 4.4. This mission discusses two separate topics. We'll discuss each one in turn. The first raised the issue of taking Chala from batches of dough where the flour that came to the two batches of dough were from different years. In other words, this year's batch and last year's harvested wheat made a separate batch of dough. So the general rule is that one may not take Chala from one year on behalf of a different year. So that's very similar to the rules we've seen already by Trumas and Miserus. Every year has a different vintage, and one may not take on last year's crop for this year's crop. That's true for Trumas and Miserus, and it's true also for Chala. The Mishal will refer to this year's crop as Chadash, and last year's crop as Yashan, new and old, um, as we had, for example, in Masech Shvius. But do not confuse this with the issue of Chadash and Yashan, flour that was um, harvested this year, but we're talking prior to the time of um, the second day of Pesach, when the Korban Omer is brought, when until that happens, this year's crop is still called Chadash, and afterwards it's called Yashan. This Mishnah is not discussing that topic at all. When we say Chadash here, we mean this year's crop. Yashan means last year's crop, nothing more than that. And again, the issue is that you cannot take um, Chala from dough that is made of wheat from this year's crop on behalf of dough that was made from flour from last year's crop, or vice versa. So the Mishnah considers the case. What happens if you take two doughs, combine them together, one of the doughs is from this year's flour, one of the doughs is from last year's flour, and now you have a combined dough? Is it possible to take um, challah from that combined dough, even if you're taking it from the middle where the two meet and you're taking a prorated amount from each of the two doughs? So everything's going to work out okay mathematically, let's call it. So the Mishnah says, Kav chadash v'kav yashan, if you have one batch from this year's flour and one batch from last year's flour, and you combine the two batches of dough together in a way that they are considered to be a single dough now. Rabbi Shmuel Amer, Yital Emza. Rabbi Shmuel says, no problem. You can simply take the challah from the middle where the two doughs are meeting, and therefore you'll get some challah from each of the two batches. And you're not taking challah from this year's and last year's. You're just taking in one you know, handful, I'll call it, you know, the requisite challah from both sub-batches which are combined. Now, the premise of Rabbi Shmuel is a simple kol v'chomer. He says, listen, for sure these two doughs do combine to require challah to be taken. His kol v'chomer is, if, for example, wheat and spelt batches can combine, so for sure wheat and wheat batches can combine if the wheat and wheat are from two different years. Um, the only problem is you can't take from this year's and last year's and vice versa. So Rabbi Shmuel says, no problem. So take from the middle and you'll get challah from both vintages, both you know, both years worth of flour at the same time. The Chamhar, they Osran, the Chamhar say you may not do that. Now, the Cham actually agree to Rabbi Shmuel's Chomer. They agree that when you take a Kav from this year's flour and a Kav from last year's flour and combine them, the combined dough is indeed um, obligated in challah. The thing is, the Chum say, if we just let you take from the middle, as Rabbi Shmuel prescribes, the problem will be that onlookers will be confused. They'll think you're allowed to take Truma from this year and last year because you took a single challah from this combined dough, and people will mis- misunderstand the halacha. And that being the case, the Chum say you cannot do it. What you'll have to do, according to the Chum, is bring another batch of dough from this year and attach it to the to the doughs, and then take all your challah for this year from that clean, unadulterated piece. And similarly, you'll take another batch of dough from last year's wheat and you'll attach it to the end of the challah and you'll take from that piece excuse me, the end of the combined doughs and you'll take 
a piece of challah from that new pure piece of dough that you introduced, and then it'll be clear to everybody that you're not taking from this year and last year, or vice versa, you're taking from last year and last year, and for this year and this year. Um, that being the case, just as a side point, it wouldn't be required for you to take um, another large batch. You wouldn't need to have another five-fourths of a cup when you introduce more dough here. You could add just a little bit of dough from this year's crop, because um, it's evident to everyone you're adding it on, so you could take challah for the whole batch, and same with last year's. Um, you just have to make sure that when you do add the extra bit of dough, that it combines properly with the coin to the chum, with, with um, the shikha, that they you know, bite into each other. Fine. So Allah is like the chum in the first part here, meaning you're not allowed to take from the middle, you have to take from each batch separately. Okay. New topic altogether, and this will carry us through to the next mission as well. The question is like this. What happens if you have a batch of dough the batch is only one kav worth of flour, meaning you do not have the five-fourths, so this batch is exempt currently from the challah requirement. What happens if you take challah from the dough, you call this challah, you separate it, and then after you add more flour to the mix so that the entire now, the entire batch of dough passes the requisite five-fourths of a kav? Can retroactively work that the dough you removed originally could serve as challah for the dough now? Now, there is certainly um, a, a precedent for why it might work. We've actually seen a reference to the Mishnahists before. Um, the precedent would be when you're taking truma, not challah, but truma from a harvest. So if you you can't take truma from wheat while it's attached to the ground. But there is a precedent where you could take truma for the entire crop for this year, even though some of the wheat is still attached to the ground. And how you do that is simply say, when you take your truma from the already harvested portion of this year's crop, you verbalize a condition um, that says that this truma will be effective um, when all the harvest has indeed been harvested and detached from the ground. And by making that verbal stipulation, it's effective. And that being the case... Um, no problem. So the thought is kind of the same over here with Rabbi Kiva. And in fact, we had a similar um, case in a Mishnah previously where we talked about taking challah from um, a batch of once you added water to the flour, even though it hadn't thoroughly mixed yet, you could take the challah from the portion which had mixed already um, on behalf of the entire mix, if you recall. In any case, Rabbi Kiva here is not saying like either of those two previous cases. In those previous cases, the case of Truma, taking from the already harvested for that which wasn't harvested, one verbalizes the condition saying, I intend for this truma taking to be effective only once all the wheat has been harvested. And similarly, the case, the previous measure, we were supposed to verbally say that this challah being separate here is going on um, all the dough that I have to remove challah for. In our mission's case, Rabbi Kiva says it's effective taking challah from a batch of less than five-fourths of a kav on behalf of a large, subsequently enlarged batch is effective even if you do not speak out verbally any stipulation, any tenai. Rabbi Kiva's thought is, even though you're not actually articulating this, you know, the stipulation, this tenai, it's perfectly evident to anybody that that's what you intended to do because why would you first separate challah and then add more flour to this particular batch of dough. It's clear that what you're trying to do is um, add a supplemental amount of flour to bring the total batch of dough to pass the threshold. And that being the case, Rabbi Kiva says, since it's evident what you're doing, it, it's as if you spoke it out, and it's totally effective. The Chacham, however, say, Ein say no, 
It's totally ineffective. Taking a challah from a batch of dough which is less than five-fourths of a kav is totally ineffective. What you separate is nothing because at this point, the batch of dough was, is, is not obligated in challah. And the fact that you subsequently later on add more flour doesn't change anything because at the time you removed the so-called challah from that batch, it wasn't evident to anybody what was going to happen next. It's true that in the rearview mirror, you can see that more flour was added, but at the time of the separating, it wasn't clear to anybody anything. And therefore, the Chacham say, if you don't articulate the condition, the stipulation, you say, and you don't say verbally, they should be effective only once the total batch passes the five-fourths threshold, it's totally ineffective. Okay? And this topic continues on now in Mishnah.